Welcome to the Naughty Child Podcast. With me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. I did everything before I leave. I need to find that bag on my quiz. Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton earlier this year. I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny, so why doesn't everyone else think we're really funny? It's been the longest year ever, hasn't it? She's the most relaxed captain you've ever known. You got me through my flight from Mackay to Adelaide, so thank you very much. Well, my dog is now called Judy Anderson. Oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got James Dean. Sophie Eccleston's the worst, like having a child with you when she's on tour. I don't know whether it shows something about me or whether it just shows I'm a little bit stupid. Polly, I think this is the latest we've ever recorded an episode. Yeah, I think we need to like, I can't even speak, we need to do a disclaimer to start off. Um, it's half ten, I've just got home from Edgebaston, seeing the most spectacular game ever. Um, my brain is still in the hollies singing Sweet Caroline, so <laughs> <laughs> this is an absolute shambles, it's because of that. And I want to make this as fast as possible because I want to go to bed. Me too, yeah. Um, So you've just been to see uh, Birmingham Bears. You bears. (laughs) (laughs) In the the men's vitality. T20 plus. Do you know what's funny though? I was like, music? This this is suspicious. The DJ must be a massive fan of the podcast because he keeps playing our intro song. No. And I was like, oh wait, there's a reason we chose those on intro song. (laughs) It's played like every five seconds at the cricket. But you know, I did have a nice moment where everyone was like dancing to it and I was like, yeah, big fans of the pod, clearly. Yeah. (laughs) The sort of people that go to the Hollies are big fans of our pod. Um, Anyway, should we talk about some women's cricket? Yes, let's. So, Charlotte Edwards Cup. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the third round, in fact, was on Saturday. Yes. Um, so the first game we had Southeast Stars versus Western Storm, which Southeast Stars won by seven wickets. Um, Georgia Hennessy, who might be making an appearance later, um, got fifty. So that was like very very positive. Um, but obviously they didn't win because um, Southeast Stars. Aish Cranstone, really, really good form at the moment. Mm. Got 66 from 49. And then Kalia Moore, 57 from 48. Um, just so positive for Southeast Stars. I mean, Sparks facing the next. So don't want them to be in too good form. But It'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah. Next, Central Sparks versus Sunrisers. We were there. We were there. We were apart. <laughs> I was waving to you as you sat on your special balcony. Yeah. Um, so I don't, we haven't really, we haven't said it on the pod, but I think if you see on Twitter, um, uh, very excitingly, I am doing social media and match reports for Central Sparks for their home fixtures this season. Um, so it was a very good day at the office for Sparks because they beat some Sunrisers by 24 runs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Amy Jones, it was incredible. 80 off 49. Six sixes um, and six fours. Yeah. There was an incredible six to the back of the family stand. Very, mm. very good. Um, I read all about it. You read all about the match four. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was a very, very good day for Sparks. And Sunrise is just... They've continued their losing streak a bit. Yes. Um, in fact, so the most positive thing from uh, Sunrise was Naomi Tani, who got 51. 
um and yeah no one else could match that so yeah but um in terms of bowling for sparks um sarah glenn 214 and um hannah baker 220 which is pretty good emily arla and grace potts also got two wickets so yeah that's very uh, good. is he wong yeah not, no wickets today <laughs> well on saturday um on to the next game, Thunder versus Lightning. Lightning won by five wickets, and I honestly could not believe this. I mean, the thing that was difficult about when I was doing all the stuff with Sparks, you can't really keep up with the other games in the same way that I would mm-hmm. normally. And so, like, I had to kind of come home and, like, work out everything that had happened. Um, Georgia Boyce and Emma Lamb were really, really, really good at the start. Um, so, Boyce got 71 and Emma Lamb got 56. So, they held a really strong partnership. Um, and also just had very, very positive strike rates as well. Um, this is what I don't understand. So yeah. how can you have an innings like that where your openers pile on the runs, mm. put on well over 100 yeah. um, for the first wicket and yeah. uh, seemingly compile a, a winning total mm. and then you you lose with... Exactly. What, an over to spare, was it? Or two overs to spare? Uh, something like that. And I'm like, no offence, but it was against Lightning. Like out of all the teams, you would have thought, but yeah. Uh, Piper Cleary had a good day anyway. She got three for 34. Um, so picked up Golden Piper, friend of the pod, yeah. Um, and then Lightning Tammy Beaumont got 59. Ah, so yes. Tammy Beaumont, therein lies the difference. Um, exactly. but yeah, I mean, they won with seven balls to spare, so yeah. it was really comfortable, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. You know, so effectively, really, um, you know. Uh, Thunder were really what, mm. 15, 20 runs short. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the final game was Southern Vipers versus Northern Diamonds, and Southern Vipers won by 11 wickets, unfortunately. 11 um, wickets? That's oh, impossible. Oh, Whoa. Oh, that is a gosh. pasting. 11 runs. Oh, right. Oh, uh, it's fine. We had a disclaimer. Um, <laughs> why it got 48. And George Adams got 24. But, like, the rest, it was just an absolute collapse. Um, and so I just... I don't really understand how Northern Diamonds couldn't chase 126 all out. Um, Kate Ever got first Pfeiffer. Got 5.15, which was oh, really good. It's great that she's hitting the pitch now with her bowling as well. <laughs> That's so me, but it's so true. Um, for reference there, yeah. The Lightning game, her first ball of the season... Um, didn't go to plan, let's mm-hmm. just say. Mm-hmm. Um, then Northern Diamonds, uh, Bess Heath got 51, which was really positive because I think Bess, Bess Heath is a very exciting player. Yeah. Um, and obviously wicket keeper. So, you know, people have got a right, people have got their eyes on her, be fair to say. Um, I think the key, key wicket here was Nat Siver. Um, she went for four, uh, bowled by Anya Shrubsdall. Mm. <laughs> um, Oh, I was about to say England teammate, but it's former England teammate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just kind of an unbelievable game as well. Because it's, it's, if you bowl the opposition out, like you, it's, you're almost destined to win. It's not often again that you're going to have vipers in that position. No. And mm. you know, and to not be able to capitalise off that is Northern Chokers. Northern Chokers. Chokes again. <laughs> Should be their nickname. Yeah. Um. I've only got one thing I feel like we need to talk about, but I, there must be others. But anyway, I woke up this morning and I was like, today's going to be a great day. And then it wasn't because I went onto Instagram and I thought, I thought it was Katie Martin doing like a retirement post and being like, you know, thanks for all the memories of that. But it wasn't. 
it was an international retirement post about Amy Satterthwaite. And I am very unhappy about the whole situation. And I'm sure she is. Um, yeah, my feelings don't matter. It's actually about the effect it's had on her and the team. It's it's a really difficult one as to do you allow do you allow everyone mm. to choose their moment yeah. to go and which people are allowed to do that and, mm. and which aren't. Uh and and I think from a the board's perspective it's also about honoring people yeah um and finding that balance because you can't allow everyone to dictate no. the timing of when they play the last game and mm. and so on but i think you know we've looked at cricket throughout the years and how players are honored yeah as they as they complete mm-hmm. their career if you like and so you think about Katie Martin mm-hmm. uh, in the World Cup and you know she hadn't yeah. announced anything but it was just an yeah. opportunity and it was exactly. the timing was hers yeah. wasn't it yeah the reality is that most people mm. don't ever get that yeah. that they disappear into obscurity mm. yeah. to a certain extent yeah that they they lose their place in the mm. side and never play again yeah I suppose with Amy Satterthwaite it's a it's a sense of she is actually still good enough to play in that side. Oh, 100%. She's one of the best players for the White Plans. And, and you know, you drew a comparison to Charlotte mm. Edwards. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, and then I saw Lottie tweet about it, and I was like, it's a very similar situation. It is. And, you know, again, it, it it's not clear-cut, is it? Because, you know, we yeah. spoke to Lottie about it, and yeah. she's very philosophical about it yeah. now. It, it, it hurt mm. like anything at the time. And of course, England went on to win the World Cup. Yeah, uh, eighteen months later. Is this a premonition for New Zealand winning the Commonwealth Games? <laughs> well, you know, I guess the question is, if that did happen, would it mm. justify the treatment yeah. that you give to mm. one of your legends? Yeah, and I think the the slight issue I have with it as well is actually New Zealand, like the New Zealand Cricket Board, have made some slightly controversial decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, with um, leaving out. Lee Casperick for the World Cup mm-hmm. um, and obviously that didn't pay off they didn't do that well in the World Cup and so to get rid of one of your best players ahead of a brand new like tournament it, it just seems a little bit strange and it's like well I suppose it's similar stuff we've said with India in terms of well who are the people coming through we need to know who they are because why would you expect expect us to accept this if we don't know who the people are coming through um, and for them to be given that that platform and it just yeah it makes me sad also like I was thinking about it because obviously her wife later who is in still in the team it's like that's another thing because actually they've been in that team together for so long um, and taking one of them out of it it's like well they they know everyone in that team but they're not part of that team and there it's is just, absolutely no room for sentiment. I know it's, it's so it, it's true, but it's yeah. The only good thing that I can't even get my words out <laughs> <laughs> because Leah's still in the team. Amy will probably come over for the Commonwealth Games, so we can host Katie Martin and Amy Satterthwaite. So we can add another person to our. Tours around Birmingham. Of course, yeah. Can, they can run for tea if they want. They can run for tea. So if anyone else wants to retire and would like to join our <laughs> international 
Um, <laughs> bus tour. Bus tour. <laughs> they go around the loop. Get out of circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the, the 11C, 11 11 11A, it. if you want to go the other way around. <laughs> see the sights of, where does it go? Like, King's Heath, Harbour, Perry Bar. Perry Bar. Where's the, where, where, they, where oh, the stadium is? Huh? Perry Bar. Stadium's at Perry Bar. Oh, Alexander Stadium. Yeah. I thought you meant it's Bastion also. No, no. But, yeah, I mean, if anyone else wants to join, feel free. Um... <laughs> Is that all we need to talk about this week? Because I hope it is. Well, there's oh. the T20 challenge. Oh, yeah. So, finals, Velo City, or Velocity. Um, <laughs> I keep calling it Velo City. It's like Danny Wyatt, it's your fault. Which, obviously, Kate Cross is paid for. And they're facing the Supernovas in the final. Yeah, yeah. yeah so which Trailblazers is... missed out. Yeah. So, the whole thing... Was played one <laughs> played two one one last one yeah and so it all came down to the third game mm-hmm. and um, velocity had to not lose mm-hmm. by more than thirty two yeah. runs they lost but they didn't lose uh, they lost by nineteen yeah. runs so they'd surpassed the total they needed to get yeah. to in mm-hmm. order to get into the final yeah it's such a weird competition because it's just so short so it's yeah it's an exhibition it's yeah exhibition. it's not it's not a proper tournament but um. That's on Saturday afternoon, I think. Okay. Um, so, I mean, by the time we do the next podcast, it'll be dated. Long gone. forgotten. Long forgotten. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's everything. We just need to introduce our guest, maybe. We do need to introduce our guest. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the many Georges in cricket. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you did ask her. Why they say? I was like, "What do you want her to say? What, what do you like? Do you think that as a Georgian cricket, you know why?" I think when we do interviews, most of my questions are just are, like off the top of your, your head. Like, yeah, like, what am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. You have weird questions. Um, <laughs> I can't do this today. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? You're going to introduce our guest. Yeah, our guest. Georgia Hennessy plays Rosh Fire and Western Storm. That's right. Um, yeah, we spoke about cricket. Monis Labashain. Yes. Um, what else? Uh, well, yeah, a whole load of stuff. Yeah. We talked about a very exciting game that she was involved in oh, recently. Oh, yeah, very, very against, exciting uh, Sunrisers. Sunrisers, yeah. Um, so, yeah, really good to chat with, mm-hmm. uh, with Georgia. So I hope you enjoy the interview. your cricket story and how did you first get into the game um so pretty standard I think um my brother played and my dad played um so it was pretty normal one hand one bounce in the garden really um couldn't really avoid it and then yeah went to watch my brother play cricket and then just started playing for the boys I remember playing a game when they were short in a pair of jeans so yeah do you, you grew up in Worcestershire, am I right? Because we're based in Birmingham and my club play in the Worcestershire League, so actually it's quite close. Yeah, I'm, I'm in uh, Malvern, so it's not too oh, far. Nice. Yeah, 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 my club's Barnard's Green. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a women's team, I don't think, at the moment, um, but I know that's something they're trying. But yeah, like Pershaw. Do you play Pershaw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably my nearest um, women's club. I think OEs as well have got one in Worcester. I love Malvern. Malvern's <laughs> just like one of my favourite places in the world. I just think it's beautiful. It is, it's such a good place to call home. I always find, like, <laughs> I, I get off and go to these places or 
um, even like training in Bristol and well, everywhere. And I always just love coming back to Malvern. You can just see the hills whenever you get off the motorway and you know you're home. <laughs> so what was your kind of progression through cricket in terms of, you know, first starting and then obviously ending up with a professional contract? Yeah, so I started playing for Worcestershire when I was, I think, 11 um, in the full ladies team um, and then progressed. I transferred to Warwickshire because they were just in a higher league at the time. Um, so, yeah, began to play there. Um, then I took a break from cricket for a couple of years, um, then played for Devon. <laughs> um, one of my friends just randomly texted me, um, Amara Carr, and was just like, do you fancy playing? And I was like, no. And then she was like, please. And I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> Devon's a lovely place. Um, so, yeah, I went down and played there. Um, and then just kind of went from there, really. I think I realised that I missed it and got back into it. Um, and yeah, I haven't really looked back now. I'm loving it as much as I can be. Well, that is interesting to just sort of take a couple of years off. So being being sort of quite a high standard uh, player, was it just you got busy? I guess you, you were quite young anyway, weren't you? So it was just a kind of, you know, life gets full of other stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think um, once I hit kind of 18, I thought, obviously, at this age, you can run the world, can't you? So um, I just thought, like, you kind of you miss your mate's birthdays and things like that. Um, and I think I played like a high standard from a young age, so kind of knew no different. Um, and then when it kind of got to the point of missing out on a few things, like I thought at the time it was best for me to do that um, and not be fully committed to cricket. And I couldn't commit um, at the time. Um, but yeah, I guess when you're older, you kind of just, you can kind of get the balance right and you can, yeah, it's just seemed, to, I just seemed to struggle at that age to try and get the balance and, um, the standard was in getting better and better and I couldn't keep up really. Um, that was how I felt at the time. Couldn't put my time into training. Um, so just thought it was best to kind of have a break and yeah, I think it was the best thing I did to honest. I don't regret it. Um, obviously I played in the two, two KSLs and then missed two after. So yeah, it was that time where I stopped and then yeah I think I definitely gained things from taking the break so yeah it was really good for me at the time. Uh, and what difference has the professional contract made because obviously you now can fully focus on cricket and you don't have to have you know working and balancing cricket alongside that. Yeah I think it's definitely like the amount of contact time you get is is amazing um I think at the start it was really hard from for from the, the pros point of view when we went in because I think at, at county sessions we used to have one every two weeks um and you used to go in and you'd be like I want to get so much from this session like I need to get I need to get better on the back foot I need to do this for my bowling and realistically when you're a pro and you have that much contact time you don't need to get something from every session um so we kind of went in hunting for that. And I think now being a pro for two years, you kind of realise that it's a little bit of a journey. Um, things take time when you didn't have time when you played just county cricket. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been amazing. And I think it's definitely like there's room for improvement through, through all the systems. Um, I know we're kind of the guinea pigs and we're, we're the, the new pros and we're trying out the system and stuff. And there's a few of us working alongside to ensure that we can continue to play cricket. Um, but yeah, they've been amazing. Um, such a good thing for women's cricket. And the standard, I think, already from the start of the Charlotte Edwards Cup has increased massively already. So yeah, it's exciting. So what aspects of your game do you identify as, like, since you've been a professional, this has kind of increased massively? I'd like to, well, fingers crossed consistency, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the difference from 
like just the different stands of cricket. So no matter what stand of cricket you play, you can face a Jaffa. Um, and I think it's just that consistency at the high level. You don't get that bad ball to put away as often. And when you do get it, you need to be ready to put it away. Um, and it's the same with the bowling. So it's just, yeah, the consistency, I think, has increased massively. Um, yeah. And one thing I've noticed about Western Storm is actually the team are really close, but you would imagine with the, you know, the area that it covers, it's difficult to train together and stuff like that because, you know, you've got people in Wales and people, you know, really, really down south. So how does that kind of work in terms of making sure there's a really good team ethos and good team bonding? Yeah, I think you're right. Our region is massive. Um, there's people in Cornwall, obviously, um, and all like all sorts of locations. I think um, with regards to the pros, obviously, it's a lot easier in the winter. because There's a lot more contact time for us um, that the other players are invited to, but totally understandable. They have full time commitments. Um, but yeah, we do have a really good relationship, like with like as just as a group as a whole. Um, I I couldn't really put my finger on what it is. I think we share like similar values and we kind of want the same thing. We really want to succeed. And I think we all looking around the team we've got, we haven't performed to where we'd like to perform. So I think we kind of share that um, belief as a squad. Um, and yeah, we kind of just take that with us, I think, um, with regards to how we go about like on and off the pitch. Um, and I just think we are, yeah, a really tight unit. I think obviously with regards to not having a head coach for a certain period of time, um, who Dan's been interim at the moment, who's done a really good job. Um, but I think that's also pulled us together probably stronger um, because we needed to be a stronger unit to be able to perform as well. And um, we need to talk about the game the other day against Sunrisers because it was just unbelievable. And what was it? I mean, what was the the thinking, you know, in the Western Storm camp? Were you thinking, OK, we're easily going to win this or, you know, yeah, what was the what was the thinking? Because it was just so close. I think I would have preferred to have been watching it and not playing it. Um, <laughs> it was it was a very weird game, honestly. Like I can imagine watching it was really different to like being a part of it. Like um, it it was uh, so we won a game, but didn't feel like we could celebrate a win. Um, it's it was really weird, um, but yeah, unbelievable. Um, I think from the dugout we were it was a total that we were comfortable chasing at the start of the game. Um, definitely, I think we we thought it was par. We thought um, with our batting lineup we could chase that. I think obviously losing a few early wickets, um, and then obviously KG, uh, Kate George, like having a good partnership and stuff. We thought right, we could just just keep fighting, staying as long as we can, losing a couple of wickets, but we just still keep fighting. Um, and yeah, when it got to the last over, I just thought, oh, uh, yeah, maybe maybe it's not our day. Um, and obviously Schmaley going in however old <laughs> taking a test the next morning which yeah a few of us had a good laugh about but yeah for her to go in and and just even knock a couple of singles for Alex Griff to whack a few then yeah it was unbelievable but it was just such a weird game we felt like we just couldn't celebrate because it, it was just a really weird situation wasn't it but yeah it was good to be a part of I guess yeah so it's just to remind people listening who might not know the game that you you won it with four overthrows off the last four, which is just... Fantastic we got for four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was it, just crazy, wasn't it? You know, they could have they could have just walked the ball to the wickets and 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 run the batters out, really. But um, I guess it, it kind of shows what pressure does to even very experienced players. 
uh, like Madivillias, that you know, you, it, it's it's incredible, isn't it? When you have to make that decision right on the spur of the moment, and I guess cricket is full of moments like that, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think like arguably as well, one of the best fielders in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd, um, and it's just one of those things. She probably threw the ball in. We watched from the side probably twenty plus times that game, and it went straight into the keeper's gloves. Hmm. Um, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Are you just I don't I don't think anybody can like really be be ready for that situation. You think you can train under pressure and do those things, but I just yeah, I'm sure she would have been playing that back in her head a few times, and it probably wouldn't be nice for her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess on the flip side of that, you had, you know, someone making their debut at the crease who has one important job, who's the same age as me. And I was like, <laughs> well, I would not be able to do that. Who just kept their call, rotated the strike, did exactly what they needed to do. And then ultimately, obviously, you won the game, which I mean, you know, no offence, you should not have won the game by that last over. But it was just, yeah, it, it sums up cricket very, very well, I think. Yeah, it's one of those days, isn't it? you wouldn't want to be on the other end of it and it's <laughs> and it, it's the same yeah isn't it? Oh, yeah it's tough isn't it really tough um so on to the 100 obviously played for Welsh Fire last year and have been retained it's a very different squad this year so um you know what are your thoughts ahead of that because obviously you've got some amazing overseas um who couldn't come last year but are finally coming this year yeah really exciting um can't wait to be a part of it again really um it was such a good thing like to be a part of last year I know we came bottom but I think a, f a few things it was just a bit of a hard tournament for us um but like how good like it was amazing you can never take kind of selling out like Sophia obviously I know Covid like um with the amount of attendances and stuff but like walking around the pitch of the last game and the amount of families that were there like saying how good it is and the little girls are screaming out our names and stuff like it was amazing um and I can only see it getting better and better um, especially with like how exciting the stand has already been this year from the regional teams. Um, and yeah, our squad's looking quite strong. So fingers crossed <laughs> um, we, we can do a lot better than last year. Yeah, no, I think Welsh Fire is shaping it really nicely. And mm. yeah, a lot of very, very experienced batters. So, you know, kind of perfect for the 100. Um, and yeah, I suppose you know, going into the 100 with the players that you do have, are you looking to obviously learn a lot from the internationals that have just tons of experience? Oh, 100%. I think it's, it's things you don't quite think about and then you get there and you realise, like you look back on some of the conversations I've had with like Hayley Matthews, um, like during the comp, just in downtime, potentially before dinner, around dinner, um, some of the stories, like she knows Joffre very well and just some of the things just to be around is, yeah, is amazing. Um, and yeah, the knowledge they have, like the experience, especially in that uh, short format games, obviously with the big bash being going on for years and ours, like that, that it's just, it's so good. Um, I actually had a, I was a Welsh fire appearance yesterday and had a chat with Marnus. Um, he was there on behalf of Glamour. So that's unbelievable. There was um, a lot of kids asking for his photo and I definitely joined the queue at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame you. I would probably yeah. the same. <laughs> He was so um, nice as well, so nice. Like This is the thing, he seems like such a nice guy. Oh, he loves cricket. Like, oh, my Lord. Like, I've never <laughs> met anyone. Like, he's like, what's it like batting in the women's game? Like, <laughs> honestly, he just loves batting. Um, and he also told us that he sellotapes. Someone asked him a few questions about his routine. Um, and he obviously was just like, how long have you got? Um, and he sellotapes his laces to his socks while he's batting in games. 
<laughs> he doesn't like to see his laces when he looks down at his pads. Okay. I mean, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's very bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I guess he, is, he strikes me as one of those people who just loves cricket and still has that, like, sort of nine-year-old attitude towards cricket, just loving it. Because I think I saw a video of in lockdown, or even recently, like, he created in his house those are different textures of where the ball could land and, like, how it would ricochet off that. And I was just like... It's, you know, there's a reason he's top of the rankings. He's obsessive. He's, he is obsessive. <laughs> yeah. Very understandable. Number one test batsman in the world. So, fair play to him. <laughs> yeah. It's actually it's quite difficult to like Australians sometimes. But with yeah. Marnus, it just feels really easy to like him. Yeah. Something about him. Yeah, you can't it. help it annoyingly. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but mm. you just have to. Um, so I suppose looking towards this season and in the future, what are some of your goals and ambitions? I think it's um, like for Storm, I think it's just like being up there, the battle to win trophies. Um, I definitely think we're capable. We've got a good young side. So I think, yeah, for me, it's just whatever team I am in, um, it's just winning trophies, like bringing what I can to the team um, and just enjoying it. Um, like some of our girls are kind of 18, 19, so they're at the start of their careers. I'm 25, obviously not saying I'm near the end, but at the same time, like I just now really just want to enjoy myself and and just give like, the youngsters my my experience that I can, um, that I'm kind of playing in and around. And then, yeah, just play like the highest standard I possibly can, really. Um, just take every opportunity I get. Yeah, and I guess within the women's game, there are franchise tournaments cropping up all over the place, aren't there? So... Uh, there's the Caribbean Premier League starting. We've had fair break recently as well, which was really, I really enjoyed watching that. Um, so I, I guess, you know, there may be possibilities for players like you, professional players within the English setup to get contracts in various, you know, franchise tournaments that, that spring up across the world. Is that something that might interest you? Yeah, definitely. Um, if that's, if I'm kind of what I can do kind of suits one of the roles that they're looking for in a hundred percent. Um, I would definitely be keen to kind of go to New Zealand. Um, I've got a few friends over there that have been over here to play cricket. I'd love to go over there for even just a month or two during the winter. I think, um, I guess players work differently. I think some players in the winter really strive off getting in, doing their technical work and hitting balls and hitting balls. I just kind of, I love the game. Um, so it's quite a long winter Um when training three, four times a week. And it doesn't sound a lot, but obviously with the traveling and things, um, it's quite a lot when you can't kind of measure your performance. So I found that quite difficult, bit of a challenge. Um, I like to get out there, play cricket as much as I can. So that would definitely be something I'd look to do, um, hopefully. And, and and looking sort of a long way into the future, do you see yourself staying within cricket, you know, post playing career, you know, going into coaching or that sort of thing? Or do you not have a plan? <laughs> Yeah, um, I think so. Um, I've got a degree. Um, so I've studied at Worcester, um, mm-hmm. finished last year, I think. I can't okay. remember. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so. um, yeah, I've got a degree in business management and finance. So I'm hoping I can stay within cricket. Um, and I've started doing some coaching for Wales and I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I thought potentially having a job on the side of cricket, being cricket, it might be a bit too much. Um but really enjoyed it because it's such a different role when you turn up to a game and you don't have your player and head on. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed that challenge. But yeah, hopefully stay within cricket. I think even if it's something to do with like the marketing sorts of things or 
play management or anything to do with that I think because I've been in it you kind of know what people need and things so yeah that would definitely be something I'd look to do and who are the who are the stars we need to look out for this year you know last year Alice Capsi of course was the big sort of breakout star that came through the hundred who are the, the people you come across of that sort of age group the sort of you know 16 17 18 year olds that maybe we haven't heard of yet that this could be their year that they that they break through bias but I do think social mail um I do think like she she's got she's got her head screwed on um with regards to being really 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 committed um I think she's fitting with that group really well as well and she's just come in and absolutely strived off the opportunity um especially being left arm as well just offering that I'd love to see her playing in the world cup for 19s um I'm sure that's in the back of her mind hopefully um she's yeah really really super like surprise she's just come in and yeah yeah I, th I think this is also something I'm loving about the regional setup is because they've got the academies actually sometimes you'll see you know players come up into the senior team and they're just incredible um and you think how many other of these players are coming through into the regional system and because there's that structure you know you think ahead to the the under 19 world cup it's like there's so so many options um and that's really really exciting for kind of the next generation of players yeah i mean here here in the central sparks area we're very excited about Davina parents and, and what she could mm. offer uh, long term as well yeah i think it's just already like cricket's changed so much isn't it i think five five six years ago if there's an under 19 world cup you could probably write 20 players that are 100 percent going to be involved in it mm -hmm. um even less probably you could probably even name the 15 girls that are going to play um but now you you can't guess there's, there's so many options there's so many people that are offering things and as you said yeah the academies like players are just suddenly playing for the first team squads and you think oh who's that and they've taken a five wicket hall <laughs> so um it's exciting isn't it it's worrying <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're coming to get you yes. yeah. <laughs> thank you so much georgia it's absolutely brilliant. I, I was going to ask you why there's so many Georgias play cricket. I, I don't know. It's it's Back it's. In the day, there was none. <laughs> Me and Georgia Alwis, and now there's at least two per team, isn't there? <laughs> it's either it's Georgia and Jones. They're like the most you know overrepresented four names or surnames in cricket. It's mm. every team will have at least one. A Jones and a Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, globally, it's not a common name, but in women's cricket, everyone's called Georgia. Yeah, it must. Yeah, it's in the genes, I reckon. <laughs> the mums and dads, yeah, they're going to play cricket. <laughs> Brilliant. It's lovely to meet you and uh, all the best for the rest of the season. That was great. Thanks for that, Georgia. Um, really good to spend a bit of time catching up with you. And all the best uh, for the season ahead mm -hmm. with Western Storm and Welsh Fire, of course. Yeah. Um, you need to go to bed, Polly. I honestly... It's really You're really tired. Yeah. I've got to be up in about six hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, same. I said to my friend, I'm going to go for breakfast with her at 8am before school. I used to be up early. And I've got to do all the podcast stuff, so... 
I think we could leave it here. We better we better go. Oh, we'll see you all next week. <laughs>